I'm late. Yes, you are. That's what's up. Dude, I, I put... What's up? What's up, Thomas? Uh, so I, I put Ellie to bed, and I let her sleep in our bed until Katie gets home in a little bit. And uh, so I laid down. I'm like, just don't fall asleep. Like, you know, stay awake, which didn't happen. So... I just woke up not knowing what hour it was or what planet I was on. Yeah, I texted Phil and I was like, is this thing happening or what? You said you fell asleep. I did. I did fall asleep. Um, And of course, I mean, it's nice to know that people care because I had people message me and text me like, when are you starting? So... At least people, where we got people that are clamoring for it now, I guess, on Mondays. So uh, I sent Phil a link, so he should be here any minute now. Um, yeah, I'm all discombobulated. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So. We did a lot of work today with all the Cajun. Yeah. Um, did some some shifting around. The scrub is now in the snake room with everything else. Um, I fed most of the adult stuff. I fed all the rat snakes their last meal of the year. Before I put them down come Thanksgiving. Nice. Um, so, it'll be nice not having to feed like half the collection, you know, for the next three months. I can really start loading up on mice and stuff too, so it's good. Was it just the corns and uh, the birds? Yeah. Um, That'll give me time to get the mice going and, and really load up, load the freezer up, you know. Do they breed as well when it's colder out? I was told they'll like even if it's colder, they they tend to breed more. But if it's hot, like they don't breed as much. But it could be the opposite. Could be. I don't know. I don't know anything about them. I, I they don't seem like they've really been slowing down for me at all, especially with all the crazy ups and downs we've been having. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been having any problems so. Yeah, stock up there. There he is. He lives. Hey, Phillips. Hello. How's it? How do I sound with this new headset? Oh, we got a headset. I'm borrowing it from a gamer phone. Fine. Yeah. Does it sound all right? It's a little hiss. It's a little. It's a little like hissy. Oh no no that's the sprinklers because the maintenance guy changed the time. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so I'm not five minutes and 44 seconds late. No, you're not. Yeah, we already no. talked about it. Billy and I, oh, so I missed that. I missed that. That's great. Yeah. You were so late. Forgot to add one of the hosts to the show. Thing. I get it. It's cool. <laughs> it's good. It's very, very professional. Yes. So yeah. I, I was putting Ellie to bed and I told myself I wasn't going to fall asleep, but I fell asleep. And then I woke up not knowing if it was like 8.50 or like midnight. 
check my phone. It was like six past nine, so very quickly got everything together. And now uh, yeah, here we are. I'm still half asleep. Nice. But we are joined by Andrew here, who is a uh, Beaver Tobacco's rep for Agonorsa Leaf. Which nice. Cool. He he was also. Uh, he was into snakes either currently or at one point. Um, I don't know if you're current. Oh, okay, I got you. So, in honor of that, I'm smoking this uh, Guardian of the Farm. Uh, is this considered the cabinet? Uh, technically, they're all cabinet, but what you're probably thinking of is the Apollo, which is the, the selection, the warped cabinet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just that one size. I got you. Yeah, this is the, the, the JJ, and this this is a 52 ring gauge, if I'm not mistaken, or a 50. And uh, it's, 52, uh, five and a half. Yeah, this, this blend in this ring gauge is just is very, very good. So It's been my go-to with that stuff lately. I'm glad you like it, man. Is it me, or is Andrew a little quiet? I think it's you, because yeah, I low. think your, your mic is like... I don't know. It sounds like you're. Staticky. I don't know. I tend to be soft-spoken. It's, it's, it's no, no, I don't, I don't. I don't think it's your soft-spokenness. You're. I can. I, you're very articulate. It's the volume on my end is a little. It's probably because of the freaking sprinklers. Gotcha. I'm wondering if I should just unplug and use my normal thing. No, he's low on mine too. Okay. Oh, just a heads up. I will try to mute if it happens, but I do have a train pass nearby on occasion. Oh. <laughs> nice. Huh. Billy, what are you drinking? Some Oktoberfest, I still have. Excellent, excellent. Justin, I love the new layout with the, you know, PSP in the middle and the snakes and stogies and such. Thank you. I created that today. Yeah, it looks good. Looks good. Dude, those sprinklers are killing me. Hang on. There you go. Yeah, stop, Phil. It's because he muted himself. Oh. I also got a haircut, so my hair's gone. We had Steve Saka come in and hang out at the shop, so I got a Saka Squatch beanie. I saw that. Usually a lot of fun when Saka's around. Yeah, it was the first time I met him. Was, uh, we were there until like freaking 1 a.m. We were at the hello, shop. Hello? So. Hello. Now I can't hear any of you. Great. The sprinklers are a little bit quieter. Oh, yeah. Hello? Hello. Hello. Phil's gone. Like he left left? No, he did. Oh, yeah, I don't see him. Anyways. So you are smoking a lunatic, though, it looks like. I am. I'm smoking the uh, lunatic short titan with a Maduro wrapper. Really nice smoke. Rich, earthy, kind of woodsy. Yeah, and uh, we had a, a dual event that uh, you were not able to make it to, but... Uh, Unfortunately, yes. We had an event with you guys and Gurkha, and we had... Uh, like the the two bags with the 
the Fumas. The the rappers, yeah. Yeah. And it was it was. Go ahead. Go ahead. Making sure Phil's alive. Okay, cool. Yeah, those are a pretty interesting experience. That's something we normally try to do when the rep is there. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I couldn't do anything about that one. But uh, what it is is you've got a, a cutting of a Criollo 98 and Corojo 99 tobacco leaf from our farms in Jalapa and Esteli. Mm -hmm. And we just have the smoker light them up one at a time, walk them through what they're experiencing with each one, and then combine the two at the end so you get a, a pretty clear idea of what it is you're tasting when you are experiencing Agonorsis signature flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And how we get to it in the blending process. Yeah, we had, we had a few people do it, and I, you know, Rod showed me sort of the email that basically broke down what you were supposed to do, and I did it myself. And seeing the difference between that Criollo and that Corojo was uh, is really interesting. I mean, Corojo is probably my favorite rapper, uh, and I mean, given what you guys what you guys do and stuff, I think you guys probably do it better than anyone else in the industry as far as Corojo uh, goes. So. We're actually one of the only manufacturers in Nicaragua that grows Corojo in Nicaragua. Phil? Yes, sir. No, oh, I'll just make sure you're alive. You look defeated. No, I muted it because the sprinkles are coming off eventually, so I figured while you guys were commiserating oh. and I was having the worst technical difficulties of any show of all time, I would mute <laughs> my. Yeah. About a thousand in my got a headset with echo and noise and static. I got sprinklers going off, getting me all wet and not in a good way. My co-host doesn't even invite me to my own show. Hey, I was asleep. Damn it! Our pets' heads are falling off. What do you mean you were asleep? When I come into the show, the ticker on the top says it was already live for five minutes and a half. Because I got it started, I was like, "We're late. Let's go." You didn't send me the link. I sent it to you on Facebook. I got it the minute I jumped in. Whatever. We're here. That's all that matters. We are here. Um, Billy looking debonair as usual. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't. Dead soulless eyes. Spoke, so, yeah. So what's the the... The main difference between Corojo and Criollo, because Corojo was was is more sort of true to the original Cuban tobacco, isn't it? In a way, yes. Uh, a lot of Corojo is grown in Cuba. Was grown in Cuba. Um, Corojo '99 originated from a Cuban seed varietal. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, all the tobacco that we grow comes from Cuban seed Corojo '99. Um, the big difference between the two is Criollo 99 typically tends to be sweeter, creamier, mm -hmm. a little more mellow to the palate, kind of earthy. There's always some spice present in many tobaccos, so you get a little spice in the state. Whereas Criollo is really what we tend to associate with Nicaraguan tobacco. It tends to be fuller flavored, really rich, intense. It's in your face. Some people find it a little spicier than Criollo. I do personally. Mm -hmm. um, and it has this really interesting uh, just roundness of flavor uh, it really anything you put with it including our corojo it really helps balance out the other tobacco yeah it's it's odd how well they work together because 
the way I sort of described the Criollo when I was smoking it and had some customers doing the, you know, the, the comparison was that I found that the Criollo was just a little almost like smoky, not like Kentucky fire cured smoky, but it had like this sort of woodsiness it to it. It was much sharper than the Corojo wrapper. It you is. Know. Yeah, that's the, and it was, what I typically describe as intensity of flavor. Mm-hmm. But it was awesome. It was really good. Um, and then, like I said, like being completely completely different flavor wise them coming together and working as well together is kind of kind of not what you would expect so yeah it works it cool. really well it's it's usually a surprise to the, the customer when they're smoking the tobacco it's a fun experience mm-hmm. i always get a giggle of, out of seeing people's faces light up once they start realizing the differences between the two tobaccos and watch them you know smoke both of them together do the cheech and chong thing and all of a sudden they get this light bulb moment it's it's a lot of fun I was literally smoking both of them at the same time, like I had both in my mouth. That's what you're supposed to do, so good job. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that I, I wish we did more of. Like, we have a lot of customers, a lot of regulars that want sort of that education, and they want to know more than just what they see, you know, in the in the reviews as far as, like, the blend and stuff like that. So that's why that we kind do of stuff's awesome. Mm-hmm. We found that customers as a whole uh, are really eager to learn more about tobacco. It's a really mm-hmm. nice thing to see. So we're really big on education about our tobaccos at Agonorsalee. But that's the kind of stuff that I that I we talk about a lot on here. You know, is all the stuff that I've learned being at the shop. You know, you worked at a at a brick and mortar at one point too. Uh, For seven years. Phil, what are you? Phil, what are you smoking? Tonight, I am. Uh, Black market. Oh. It's actually uh, my first one of these. I don't even know which. I don't remember which one it was, and I, I ditched the wrapper like a moron. Um, but it's really, really good. At least first impressions. Yeah, I always enjoyed the Alec Bradley Black Bar. I thought it was a really solid smoke. Yeah. So, what's everyone up, been up to this uh, weekend? Working, cleaning snakes. I moved the the scrub into the the main room. He's out of the closet and still, he's not completely full of hatred, but he's got plenty of it to go around. So, I see you got that sweet beanie. Huh? Said so I see you got that sweet sweet beanie. Yeah, man. Dude, like, these things are solid. Like, Sokka spared no expense when it comes to the quality of these things. Like, they're super, it's super thick. But he's, he's from New Hampshire, so he's like, I don't give people paper-thin beanies. He's like, where I come from, it better work, or, you know. So. Yeah. So how long before you steal that, uh, that Squatch statue? I don't know. I'm kind of, I should have snagged one while he was there and had him sign it. I didn't have him sign anything. People had him signing all kinds of stuff. I didn't have anything to sign. So it was it's like, tough, man. Have him it sign my like, titties or something? What am I supposed to do? It's tough when you're the host. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be... You have to put the fangirl aside, you know? And, like, be a professional, you know? And yes, Raj was asking him more questions than me. Yeah, but that's Raj. 
I was just sitting. I was just paying attention. I was just sitting back, listening, sponging all the information I can. You know. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But I mean, that's like. The first time I met Andrew, I think I was working on the the magazine or something when he came in, and you know, he, or I was wearing a shirt or something snake related, and uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, he, was, he told me that he at one point was keeping some stuff, and you know, we talked about the mag a little bit, and. Mm-hmm. I give Andrew, I mean, I give a, I give him major props because he he came in for a long time and Raj hadn't ordered anything, but he kept he he stayed on top of him and eventually Raj broke. But I mean, the Agonorsa stuff has actually been doing super well for us. Nice. So it, I, like I mean, that. especially the Guardian stuff, I recommend a ton of it to people. Like that JJ, like I said, that's just such a good size and such a good blend. But, you know, price points really good. Cigars are really good. So. Yeah, it, it hits that nice sweet spot for most people in the seven, eight, nine dollar range. Mm-hmm. Not too terribly expensive, and anybody can smoke it and enjoy it. It's it's mellow enough that if you're a mild cigar smoker, you can still get into it. But if you're a fuller bodied cigar smoker, it still has enough yeah. And flavor yeah. behind it that you still like it at all. Definitely. Well, I want to hear about Billy's parents. Because Billy had some oh, yeah. very attractive walk-up this week. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, He's breeding so hybrids. Furnace Eventually. So, uh, the one I keep showing you guys is a caramel head albino to an albino jag. So, that male's all about it, so hopefully that works out. Ooh, funny story. So, Irvin, who lives up in your area there, Andrew, he used to go to a shop that, he used to go to the shop that he used to work at. I don't know. We need to get his, I need to get his ass in here. Where's he at? Irvin. He's like, yeah, I think it's the same guy that that used to work at the shop near me that I used to go to, or he goes to currently. I... Things are it, this. Everything's all discombobulated, right? I don't I thought I sent him the link, but it was like what a small world, you know. That's uh, he's about to jump in here in a second, but you'd be surprised how often that happens to me. I mean, I've met people that I knew as customers from Boda in West Virginia on the other end of my mm-hmm. trip. <coughs> Looks like we lost some. Well, I guess I guess Billy just decided to we can go to hell. So yeah, I found that to be the case. You go to other shops and you ask who their rep is for you know Drew Estate or whatever, and they're like, oh, it's Will, and it's like, hey, mine too. And yep. You know. There's Thomas. What's up? Hey. What's up, Thomas? How y'all doing today? So how come Thomas sounds like he's in a, a NBC studio in Manhattan? And my because he has a Sennheiser headset, not his headset's better than yours. <laughs> Money covers the sins. I need right. the link to that headset. So yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. I need to get one too. Straight up, be like a radio, like the the. It could be like sportscasters. Pretty much. 
Yeah, I feel like he's in the tower giving us, you know, clearance. <laughs> yeah, he's Thomas, what are you smoking? Doing good. The, uh... Hey, Agonorsa Leaf Corojo. Oh, yeah. I got it from Justin, and I, I've had this stick before. It's a really... I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a killer stick. Yeah, the Corojo is definitely my favorite of the three. Oh, yeah. It, it's the best selling of the three as well. Although the Connecticut, believe it or not, is the second best selling. Oh, so we got the uh, the Corojo, the Maduro, and the Habano. So uh, the four, I guess, the Corojo is my favorite. But the Connecticut, yeah. I definitely want to try. Didn't you send me some, Justin? I don't think I've had any JFR Connecticut stuff. Uh, I don't think I sent you any of the JFR stuff other than the torch. Yeah, uh, he bought a he bought a box for that event, and I mailed it to him. So. Oh, nice! I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So he got a he got a hand. You got a lot of guardians and uh, some other odds and ends. I honestly don't even remember exactly what it is I sent you. I just yeah. He said I trust your judgment, and I just threw a box together. And, uh, well, it hasn't failed me yet. Well, if you'd then like my job anything is done. in the box, you'll probably like all of it. Yep. <laughs> Tom said this looks like a Sasquatch Brady Bunch <laughs> intro. Uh, trying to say something? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone but Billy. Billy's the only one who looks out of place here. Yeah, but Billy has a real job where he's not allowed to shave. I couldn't grow it if I wanted to. <laughs> I kind of want to see that. You don't? <laughs> Not to scare you off from ever eating in a restaurant again, but I worked in the restaurant industry for a couple of years and never had to shave any of this off. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Billy's not adopted. Billy is... That's the word I'm looking for. You're adopted, Dom. <laughs> we met her mom. I, I, I guarantee you she's not, because very, I mean, you could tell that they're, that's, they're related. Just like, I mean, Phil, like my dad, like I'm a clone of my father. You can ask Legit. him. It's... I mean, I don't know. I feel like Billy in this Brady Bunch scenario is very much Alice. And he's just waiting for Sam the Butcher to come home. That was a bad joke. For all the uh, viewers sorry, of Phil, like, over the age of 40. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could fake laugh for you. I couldn't. I'm saying... I, know I don't know what... I don't know what the word is for it. Reminiscent, like resemblance. I don't. Yes, there you go. Thank you. There is. It's doesn't matter. It's your mom. We know it's your mom. We're related. <laughs> Jesus. So how you worked at a shop upstate? Yep, upstate. South how did you go from? How did you go from that to getting into the rep thing? Because the rep thing is tough. I don't think a lot of people realize, like, being a cigar rep is, I think, no matter what company you work for, is tough because you have a huge territory. You're on the road pretty much five days a week. Um, 
Yeah, there and are it's... very few companies that I would say the reps have an easy job. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, you are on the road five out of six weeks, and even on that sixth week, you're still on the road. You're just doing local stuff, so you're still sleeping in your own bed at night instead of a hotel room. Um, but it's not the easiest job in the world. You've got to really love your windshield. You've got to love to travel. you got to be willing to deal with all kinds of interesting types of people. Uh, it's, like it's like Phil. any other sales job as far as that goes. But as yeah, I it's... got into it, it was kind of a dead man's shoes situation. Almost mm-hmm. all rep jobs are that way. They don't come available very often. You don't give up a rep job easily. If you are into it, you stick with it for a while. You don't want to let it go. It's a lot of fun. But um, basically, I knew the right person at the right time. So it just worked out at my favor. Yeah, it's tough, man. I think like if I if I were single and didn't you know, like <clears throat> didn't have anything else going on, I probably would give it a shot. But I also feel like after like six months, I'd probably be so burnt out socially. Because I'm not a super. I'm not a super social person, but I can totally see there being, like, you have an event in an upcoming week, and you're like, I have zero desire to talk to people and, let a, and like, be hassled by people for free shit and, like, just, there's a certain, certain personality, I mean, it's sales, like, there's a certain personality type where sales, sales works, you know. And I think, Justin, you've said it before, but, like, cigars, you gotta sell the story, right? So, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of your whole job. I don't know if, uh, Andrew, you agree with that or not. Oh, 100%. That was one of my favorite sales tools when I was working in a brick-and-mortar cigar shop was the story behind the cigars. I promise you, I sold more cigars out of our humidor by having a story to tell about them than anything else regarding the blend, the type of tobaccos that are in it, Mm -hmm. how it was made, who made it, who made that. If there's a story, it sells. Well, I had, uh... I have three new guys working with me now, and uh, it's interesting because none of them have ever, <clears throat> excuse me, none of them have ever worked retail before, and they're learning the types of customers. It's almost like that one scene in the movie Clerks. Clerks is one of my all-time favorite movies. Well, he basically is giving the rundown of the different types of customers that come in. You know, like the um, the complainer or the milkmaid. You know, the egg guy who checks every single egg to make sure it's the freshest or whatever. Excuse me. And I had a guy come in today with his two little friends, a little entourage he had. And I always refer to these guys as the askers. And basically what they do is they come into your store and they ask for the most obscure product ever in hopes that you don't have it so that they can be like... You don't have that, really. And they have no money, and they don't intend on buying anything. But I love it. And I, I, I mean this with genuine passion. I love when I have everything they ask for. Oh, yeah. And then it's they complain about the price. Yeah, when you get to say yes and you watch their face just kind of drop, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or my favorite one is... I've been looking for this for six months. I can't believe you have it. Oh, it's that much? Uh, yeah, I'll pass today. It's like, really, you, you've been looking for six months and you don't have the money saved. Champagne tastes on a beer budget, man. Extremely common. Super yeah, common, especially in cigars. 
the first guy that asked yeah. for that I love it when I have everything that they ask for and they buy nothing. I love that. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm doing a job as an inventory guy. Yeah, probably the funniest analog in the cigar world, and I'm sure Justin has seen this happen many, many a time. But you've always got this guy who comes in, usually not a regular cigar smoker, might even be his first cigar. And the first thing they want to do is come in and ask for a Cuban cigar. And of course, you go through the whole spiel of explaining to them that it's not legal to sell them in this country, you embargo, blah, 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 still exists, how about that? But once you get through that, you start recommending them cigars that are going to have a Cuban-esque flavor. Mm-hmm. For example, the Guardian of the Farm is a really good Cuban-esque flavor profile. But once you start recommending them these cigars and they realize, oh, these cigars are 7 8 10 $15 a piece, all of a sudden they start saying, well, what do you have in the, the $2 price range? And that's when you say, follow me to my bundle section, sir. <laughs> well, then that question is followed up by, are they good? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, it, I, my... Is it worth $16? It's a cigar. Like, do I smoke them on a regular basis? No, but we sell an absolute ton of them. I have a lot of guys get them for golf. A lot of guys get them for their buddies who don't smoke. And so it's like... Yeah. Yep. I, I have a bundle of Casa Fernandez bundled sticks just for that reason. Mm-hmm. Well, even like, we have just some... They're not even labeled. They're just generic, like, Dominican... We sell them four for ten, and they sell like crazy, you know. And then you have guys who are cigar smokers that are into cigars. They're like, "Are they any good?" And I'm like, "It's a three dollar cigar, man." Like, you if you're you expecting anything more than a three dollar cigar, then you're gonna be disappointed. Yeah. yeah but for a three dollar cigar, it's not bad. Yep. Yeah, it's not a bad cigar, but three dollars is what you're you're gonna get out of it. You have to be willing to accept that fact. To this day. My favorite cheap cigar ever. And I, I, I buy them when I see them because they're few and far between. And the ones that you do find are usually 10 or 15 years old. They've been sitting in the cabinet for that long. But it's the quintessential gas station Churchill, Anthony E. Cleopatra. Oh, I haven't seen those in forever. And it's like $12 for 50 Yeah. They're and and they're not they bad. are not. They're just good enough that the person you give it to says, wow, this is pretty all right. You know what I mean? But, like, you yep. really don't want to smoke them yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> I have people come in all the time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's the kind of cigar you keep in the humidor for when you have a friend over who says, I really want a cigar, but they light it and smoke on it for two minutes and then throw it in the ashtray. Oh, just like Dominique. The last episode of THP. Where is she? Is she still here? Ooh. I think... Oh, I don't have that cigar. I threw it away, but... I got her a damn Brick House, Connecticut. She took like three puffs and never finished it. That's such a good cigar. It is a very good cigar. That's one of the best Connecticut's on the market. Dude, that, that one in a Corona especially. That I mean, I'm a big Corona guy anyways, but that... Very good. <clears throat> I have people come in all the time looking to buy for weddings and stuff like that, and they're like, you know, I want to get, you know, they want to jump straight to buying like a, a full box of something sort of, I won't necessarily say higher end, but, and I, I usually tell them, it's like, if you have buddies that smoke, buy them the higher end stuff, if you're buying for the general, like, reception, don't put, dump a ton of money into it, because, guarantee you, people are going to, get a nice pretty bucket to put it in, you're done. Yep. People yeah. are going to get drunk. 
People ain't going to finish the cigars. People are going to take two puffs and forget about it or trash it. You know, I mean, minus, I think the cigar bar at, at the wedding was pretty legit for me, just because Phil, Phil can back that up. I only got a handful of cigars from it, but. <laughs> it was a fantastic collection, and that's why they all were gone. Yep. Yeah, people a lot of ligas. A lot of ligas, a lot of Romacraft, a lot of uh, Undercrown. That's not a cheap wedding. Well, my uncle's a big cigar smoker. He's a regular at the shop, and uh, he's like, "I'm gonna, I'll, I'll buy cigars for the wedding." And he, I mean, he already, he already knows what I like, so he, he's the one who did it. So. And the bourbon, don't forget the bourbon. They did a good job on that too. They did a great job. There was no survivors on that either. There's a little bit. I still have some on top of the fridge, actually. But. Your guests can definitely drink, Bubba. So, Thomas, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, gin out of a shot glass. What kind of gin? <laughs> Costco gin. <laughs> Only the best here. Yikes. Makes you feel like a giant when he drinks it with like that. <laughs> hey, don't like it. Costco's liquor is usually pretty good. I was just it's not bad. Say, Costco gin is one of the best gins for the money on the market. Yeah, I'm not like a connoisseur of, of like liquor in general, but I like that stuff, especially with with a cigar. I don't know how strong body or like that sort of stuff is going to be. How flowery is the Costco? Because I've not had it. Um, does it come in a five gallon bucket? <laughs> it comes in like a liter and a half. <laughs> Nice. I don't see. That's the kind of stuff, though. Like, people are looking for that kind of thing all the time. Like in cigars, like they they want the best cigar for the money, you know. Yeah, I mean, they want, that, that's they, what I really look for. I mean, yeah. the, the full. Uh oh. I think we lost him. Thomas, come back. It was nice talking to Thomas. Yeah, we knew him well. I oh, love wait, that there he is. Oh, there he is. There he is. Well, those are like those are the kind of guys that are are usually very open to my recommendations that are usually pretty happy with them. It's the guys that are like looking, you know, they only smoke Opus, and so they're looking for this. Yeah. It's like, dude, I I really can't help because I feel like anything I tell you that you should try, you're probably gonna scoff at. I can't I can't deal with the, the Camacho guys. The Camacho guys and the David. No, you know what? I think the back. The Davidoff guys. I was going to say, Cat, guys. Camacho guys aren't that bad. But, yeah, but they're still a little like, they, they wish it was the Ferrari. Like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. The Davidoff guys. The Davidoff guys are the ones who come in and they say, I just bought a Mercedes. Look at me. Meanwhile, it's like a used C-Series with like 50,000 miles on it. Yeah. Like, really, bro? Davidoff. Come on. I had a guy in the shop Saturday night complaining about a Tatiana. Really? A $5 Tatiana. How can a Tatiana be wrong? It's, it's, let me guess. Groovy blue. Yep. Yeah. So, it, was, it was, like, it's, it's <laughs> soft. And then I was like, dude, they're all soft. That's how they're rolled. Like, not every company rolls the same. And then he, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to get another one. And so I took it out. He's like, this one's a different color than that one. I was like, well... It's a different box, different batches. You're gonna get variations in color. Like I was like, it ain't it, it ain't gonna matter. And he's like, okay, well, 
This is after I rung it up. Like, cool. cash it out and everything. He's like, I'm just going to stick to the one I have. So it's like, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> we get, I talk about those guys all the time. Like, the dudes that roll up in, like, a Mercedes. They got the, you know, the freaking Omega watch and, you know, the, the newest, biggest iPhone and, you know, all the fanciest shit. And then they're, like, complaining about a $5 cigar. And it's like, yeah. Fake. Champagne taste on a beer budget. You ain't fooling anybody. I hate that shit so much. But then again, I am a... What's the word I'm looking for? I'm a spoiled brat. And I all... Because I have the good taste and I live outside my means when it comes to my vice life. But... I'm also really snobby. And I have to fight that back. Like, I have to fight that back real hard. So I'm not that guy. In terms of what? Like, firearms? Just in, in, in a lot of stuff. I think working retail as long as I have, and shit's going on 15, 16 years now. And I, I learned that, you know, you get what you pay for, for, flat out. You know what I mean? But I've also been very selective into what I get into. So whether it be smokes or guns or booze or whatever... I'm always the first one to say, yeah, you can buy that. It'll be good. But if you really want good, why wouldn't you just buy this? And I kind of like to live vicariously through that. And I hope that it doesn't come off as snooty. But like like my roommate, for example, he always calls me smug. And I think it's hilarious because he's one of the most smug guys I know. I hope he can fucking hear me. But it's just funny because like sometimes I question myself. I'm like, was that smug? You know what it was, and I kind of don't care. <laughs> that was smug. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I definitely fall into that trap too with with cigars and, and gear. It's like, oh, you have the whatever, and it and it's like a ten dollar item, and you compare it to a thirty dollar stick or whatever you're, yeah, you're talking about, and it's kind of like my friends have called me out on that, especially with cigars. Yeah. See, I don't know. Like, I mean, I've had Opus and stuff, and honestly, Opus stuff doesn't really impress me all that much. I don't find that it's anything life-changing. It's all about the hype of, you know, not being able to find it. Because a lot of stuff in, in the industry like that gets so hyped up that by, by the time you have it, you're kind of let down because it's not yeah. what you were expecting. Like, I mean, the Opus I had at the wedding were really good. I like that. It was definitely more peppery than I was expecting. Um, mm-hmm. It's much more upfront than I was expecting, but is that something that I would go out of my way to to buy again when I can buy, you know, more of these Guardians or more Roma? Like, and that's what I tell people all the time. Like, I don't recommend stuff to people if I don't think it's worth the money. Like, if it's, yeah, you know, you're looking at the ESGs, which are very good cigars. It's like, yeah, you can buy that, or you can buy like four of this, which I love and smoke all the time. You know, I guess it depends on if, you know, if you're wanting to sort of ball out and it's a special occasion, then go go nuts. But I'm more of a blue-collar guy when it comes to cigars, and I think a lot of a lot of customers at the shop, and I'm sure you noticed that too, uh, upstate, you know. But it also depends on the shop, because you get some shops that are, like, super, you know, bougie and, and white-collar, and then you have shops that are, I think, like, like Beaver Tobacco, which are much more sort of, we're just guys, we like, we like cigars just like everybody else, you know. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. were the, the old town tobacco shop, the oldest cigar shop in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, well, 
we were a few years ago. Uh, before that, there was another shop older than that than Boda, but the owner passed away and the kids let the shop go. So, but basically, we were the old game in town, so everybody in town came to us, and most of mm-hmm. that was blue collar guys. You know, guys working at the BMW plant, and, you know, working at Michelin. Um, you know the the old textile mill textile mills when they still existed in the upstate of Greenville. Yeah, I mean that's something that I notice in the sh- like I go to Boda all the time, like once or twice a week, and uh, the like competitors to it, Outman's, uh, and it especially has like a different clientele. Like Outman's mm-hmm. a little bit more kind of bougie but it's a rocky lounge so i kind of like their cigars but um the atmosphere at boda is is in my opinion the best it's a laid-back place it is anybody can just chill out and have a good time there yep and that that makes a huge difference i think because people who are just sort of getting into cigars when they go into that that higher higher end sort of joint it's a little more intimidating like people are a little more nervous to ask for help because they feel like they're gonna kind of get like mocked or Absolutely. And so, you know, we try to make it, I, I personally try to make it, if it's someone who's new, try to, you know, I want them to be completely comfortable and be willing to ask me questions and not be afraid and feel like it's some sort of, you know, snobby sort of thing. And it's, I think yeah. it's a lot more blue collar now than people think it is, you know, because yeah. I think it was at one point a very white collar thing, cigars. And then over yeah. time, I think it's it's kind of morphed into the everyman, you know, everyday kind of thing. So, Oh, most definitely. <clears throat> well, in my line of work, I deal with a lot of beginners and a lot of newbies, mm-hmm. and that's almost become like my forte. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I would rather them ask me a lot of questions that to the normal person would seem asinine or, or redundant, but I'd rather them ask me because I would tell them flat out, I said, listen, if you don't ask, you'll never know, or you'll get wrong information, right. and then you'll, you'll be messed up, you know? Yeah. So that that's how I always approach that. Uh, Billy was kind enough to send me some of the pairing pictures. Uh, going to throw them up. He did. Look at this Frankensteining. It's not, oh, it's not Frankensteining. It's not. I just like to ruffle Billy's face. I don't post. I don't post the Frankenstein stuff. So what are we looking at here, Billy? Those are snakes. <laughs> Those are carpet pythons. <laughs> Thanks, You're welcome. Uh, so that is now BioJag to a. <laughs> Dang it! I'm so out of place. To a caramel head albino. Thanks, Bill. Those so, are also yeah, snakes. The temperatures haven't really. Timbers haven't really dropped, but these guys are going at it like crazy, so I'm hoping this pairing really goes for me. If she lays, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of that clutch. That could be yeah, the caramel albinos are really nice. They have like this deeper orange tone to them than the albino does there, so we'll see what happens. What do you have cooking on the uh, IJ front? <laughs> I uh, have a pair of farmbreds right now. I'm considering a granite to a farmbred female to do some outcross hets. Uh, I think that's it this year for IJs. Right on. 
So hopefully those go. The one male farm bred I have is really nice, and I'm really want to try to get his uh, his characteristics to get passed on if they can. Because he's striped and he has portholes on him and an ocelot type pattern. He's really nice. Awesome. Actually, let me see if I can find a picture of him. I guess. Bill? Oh, he's alive. Okay. I thought he were frozen. <laughs> no, I was trying to mess with the mic because I'm getting a pretty good echo on my end, so I want to make sure it wasn't my microphone. Oh, I got you. <laughs> Bill yeah, had a so Bill. I, so if I'm talking weird, sorry. Bill had a had a, a gun question. I don't know if you oh. saw it or not. Yeah, yeah. The um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think the Apex Fly Trigger is a phenomenal bang for the buck, pun intended. Um, I'm not a big fan of putting aftermarket triggers in carry guns. <clears throat> oh man, often Billy. Dude, that's my that. that's my favorite snake that you have, dude. Why didn't you send me that picture, Billy? Going to here. I'll send it. Yeah, we send everything to Phil so he can post it because he's got the the fancy Mac magic. So, All right. sorry, the, I didn't realize the, the process. That is my favorite snake that you own for real, though. Like, everything you own, like that's the that carpet is just that thing blows my mind every time I see it. You haven't seen everything I own. I have. You did like two years ago. That's still my favorite, regardless. Even over the, I'll even say over the Condros. That is my favorite snake that you own. Bar wow, none. that's a big wow. statement. That's that's a very big statement. That is a big statement. Meanwhile, I feel like garbage because I insulted Camacho and our sponsor that happens to be their favorite smoke. <laughs> great. Uh -oh. It's great. Sorry, Jeff. Oh, Jeff is a big Camacho guy. I like Camacho. I don't have any problems with it. I was really disappointed with the sh that shellback. I got so excited to try that shell back, and I smoked it, and I was, like, really disappointed with it. I Just to finish on Bill's thing about the Apex trigger, I think it's a phenomenal bang for the buck, but I don't I don't like doing aftermarket triggers and carry guns because you're depending your life on it. And to me, having the smooth, fancy, sexy trigger is awesome. But in an oh shit scenario, it's kind of irrelevant to me. Well, what about like a connector? Like what I did with mine? A connector's different because you've got the factory block bar. It made a huge difference. I mean, it, it, does. it it's does. It's amazing that a single part can can change the you know the fluidity of a pole. Right, and now you have certain companies like Glock that are starting to do like minus like minus disconnects. And minus connectors and stuff in factory guns because originally there was a reason why they didn't have that in it, whether it be for a drop test rating in you know the Democratic Republic of California, or if it was a New York thing where the trigger pull has to be so many pounds. Now they kind of just have they have a California gun, they have a New York compliant gun, and then everybody else gets like the normal. So. And I have the maritime cups in case I ever find myself in the swamp with my Glock having to shoot an alligator or a shark. Which is brilliant. Just remember. Yeah, good luck with girls, that. Boys and girls never fire hollow points underwater. Oh, yeah, that probably doesn't work very well, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that. So I guess I'm kind of screwed anyways. But that's, that's what I keep in mind. So. Yeah. <laughs> But Andrew's a gun guy too, isn't he? Ain't you? 
A little bit. I used to be a lot yeah. more of a gun guy, but my budget has become extremely limited over the last <laughs> few years. So trigger time has been much, much less than I'd like. I've been but saying yeah, for years I want a Glock 19, and it, I don't know when it's going to happen. See, I've never been a Glock guy. Um, to, no offense to anybody who is a Glock fan, but in my hands, they feel like a boat battle. I just, they're not comfortable. I'm more of a, a CZ kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So, okay. there we go. I show, before I show pictures of those amazing animals, Phil's got a boner. <laughs> so, I normally wear this shirt on Mondays, which is why I've actually worn it like the past like four episodes. But I'm a master Glock dealer, and I give them full credit and full respect as being one of the greatest combat handguns ever made. However, <laughs> I do not like the way that it works for me. Um, I do not think it is the greatest beginner gun of all time. And to be honest, I'm going to say something that's going to piss off a lot of people. Because it's the, the greatest gun of all time. No, it's not. Um, Ooh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the reason why people are so infatuated with the name Glock is two reasons. One, they're associating a style of product with a name brand. It would basically be like someone going into a auto mall and saying, I want a Chevy, but they really just mean pickup truck. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So yeah. I, get, I get people every single day that says, oh, these are all the blocks you have, and they point to cabinets, and it's like eight cabinets. I'm like, no, blocks a brand, not a type of firearm. So that always bothers me. But the other reason is because, let's be real, it's idiot proof. And police That's why I have one. Excuse me. Police departments and police academies and security firms, they don't want to teach double action, single action combination with a hammer. They want to teach, stick the magazine in, pull a fly to the rear, and go. So because of that, you have all these police departments and agencies across the world transitioning to a double action only style just because they want to make sure that they're students are not total morons. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I don't which I don't agree with in this capacity. Bill said they're not the best anything. It can't be the best if you immediately swap parts upon purchase. <laughs> Spend six hundred dollars on a gun, then person a thousand dollars into it to make it good. Yeah, but that's but that's the thing is you're not making it good, you're hooking it up. It's no yeah. different than the guy that buys, you know, a Honda Civic and wants to put the suspension and the exhaust and this and that and it's the same thing it's you know just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should and some people want to have the souped yeah. up on pacific you know yeah so they're cool but not my thing yeah i mean don't get me wrong i own a couple but it's not my go-to you got thing. you got a 19 yeah. me personally the store you no well, yeah. my birthday's coming up, so hint, hint. <laughs> Hook me up with that discount, son. Yeah. In times of COVID, you're hilarious. I was going to say, the man probably doesn't have a gun on the shelf to sell. Uh, <laughs> no, it's we getting do. real weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Things are do. getting a little squirrely. We do, and uh, I'm blessed to work where I work because... We have a very good relationship with our distribution, and I'm able to acquire a lot of stuff that a lot of people can't. But the difference is, in the past, if I was running low on Glock 19s, 
I would just call up two or three different distributors and I get 10 from this guy, 20 from that guy, and I'd have them in three days and be done with it. And all of a sudden now I'm back from five to 50. Now I can't do that. So I'm lucky if I get three or four Glock 19s a day or three or four Glock 19s a week, which is very scary at times for my kind of store. But like I said, we've been blessed with having the distribution and keeping the shelves full to the fullest extent that we can and go from there. I actually did a, uh, I was curious, uh, SIG came out with a gun that had a year called the 365, which is a really, really great little carry gun. So just out of morbid curiosity, I went in my bound book and I looked up how many I've sold, period, since the gun's inception. And uh, and then I looked at how many just in 2020, just 2020. And our store is at 167 for just 2020. Which I was, I thought it was. I mean, that's crazy. a lot when you compare everything else you're carrying. Right. I mean, at any given time, we have, you know, between two and five thousand firearms in the showroom floor. So, I thought it was interesting. But enough about that. Let's look at some Morelia. Uh, oh God! <laughs> look at that anime. So Who did that come from? That's an import, right? Yeah, he was a farm bird. Or he is a farm bird. God. Dude, look at this, like, Darwinism in the sides here. And this That's why when, when people try to say, oh, I can tell that it's a Darwin or something like that, they're so variable. There's no way you can do that by looking at them. Because that, that snake doesn't look like an IJ at all. I mean, it does to me. It just doesn't. It's not. It's so far removed from the other stuff you see that's imported that I yeah, wouldn't have thought color it would be too. You know, like it has this right. vanilla color oversheen on it. It's not as dark as they usually are. There's not as much orange. The pattern doesn't seem right. Who yeah. knows? It could just be an incubation thing too. I don't care what it is. That thing's sexy, boy. Yeah, it's staying here. That's for sure. And what are we looking at here, Billy? That's the female fox too that has a whole bunch of lavender when she fires up. So now she that uh, produces fired up right now, right? Yeah, that's her fired up. So like the lavender hues and the like oversheen, like that's her looking the best she'll look. Cheaper, uh, that's River. Um, that's my really nice striped coastal. That's also one of my favorites. Yeah, that animal totally different than what I saw in like. Yeah, whenever I show that picture at a show, when I'm trying to show people what the parent um, and I show them this picture, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I almost don't want to sell them a snake. So I'm like, this thing is amazing. How can you not like be going nuts right now? Whatever. Dude, I don't know what it is. Like, I know that that one's like River isn't Russian Tiger, right? She is completely unknown. I don't she know. Like crazy. Russian Tigers, dude. I got to think for Russian Tigers. So this is just I, yeah. I don't know. So this is man. Trinidad. This is one of River's babies from 2018. He's the only one that one had kind of striping going on, and then he also kept her slate gray mm -hmm. kind of blue color. 
So he's actually in with her right now. So fingers crossed on that. That's probably one of my favorite projects I'm working on besides the Peterson stuff. So really like hoping that just, works you, out. It's like you took the saturation on him and just completely dialed it down to almost zero. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, ivory times python peat uh, jungle. He's actually really pretty, but I don't show him off a lot because he's kind of crazy, like jungles usually are. This isn't the one that you took out for me in Casey, is it? Yeah, you guys saw this one. Yeah, no, no, but the one that got from the arm. So, Phil, you know how bright he usually is, the, the lighting yeah. and stuff. That's just the only picture I had of him. Still looks awesome, man. It's yeah, almost super And then I think the next picture is who he's to, which that picture's really washed out. Ooh. But that's a uh, Bradley Lion Zebra. The ones that uh, Mutton messes with. Look at that head. So that's really hoping awesome. something happens there. I love how the mouth looks like it's stitched shut. Yeah. And dude, I'm looking at this like mangrove snake band aid. Yeah, exactly. it's almost like a Gemacinta. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Gemacinta. And I'm trying to find the other one to go with the last picture I sent you guys. Oh, there he is. All right, I think I'm going to go. Okay. All right, so this is a striped jungle female I have. Uh, Phil, this is the one you saw flash on to me? Yes, yes. Yeah, so you've seen her in person. Uh, she is with the next picture right now. So two animals with really thick dorsal stripes. That was him as like a hatchling, so he's brighter now. Like he's not trophy yellow or anything like that, but... He's brighter than that picture, but he has such a thick dorsal stripe that I think it'll hopefully it'll you know pass on to the offspring. Mm -hmm. It almost looks like a tiger retic. It does. It really almost. has tiger retic resemblance with you know the dark the dark connected blotches with the light blotches. I'm torn because with this one, I'm sorry, like on the top near his dorsal stripe. There's no tipping, but then underneath the lateral blotches, then there oh, is tipping. Yeah. And I can't, it's hard for me to pick like what's, what look I prefer. You know, if I want just a solid black with no tipping or if I want some tipping, like I still can't decide on that. Yeah, I get, I get formed the same way. Like, do I want the right, more, do I want the more diamond -y or like dark one Mm -hmm. speckling, you know, a uh, uh, honeycomb patterning, or do you want just jet black lines? So, not the best picture, but this is a caramel coastal. That This is the one I got from Jake. This is okay. Um, this is actually the mom to your jag, Phil. Nice. Look at that. Yeah, so that's, that's actually the clutch that he came from. Is that my uh, address? So that I'm gonna, I feel confident <laughs> saying this the one that he came out of. That is my egg right there. 
And she's with my original Peterson line male. That's the next picture. Oh, are you crossing wow. that stuff now? I'm trying. I'm trying to because I was thinking about it. And I'm like, well, why not try to get more of the Peterson stripe stuff into other stuff and keep track of percentages and all that? And yeah, I mean, if you got the male, why not? Yeah, so I have that, and I have a trio that I'm raising up, and you know I'll have plenty that I can do. You know the pure stuff with. Dude, that's like a scrub head. Look at that. Yeah, he's a cool snake, man. I always tell everybody if, for whatever reason, I had to go down to one snake, he'd be the one that I would keep. Nice. You can send me the condors then. <laughs> That's a very hypothetical situation, and I don't. I, don't I mean, I don't think so. Are we allowed to talk about that one, Phil? Is it? Did I send you that? Yeah, you sent me that. I, we've well, already talked about those. I went back. I went through the pictures too far. Never mind. <laughs> those That's are a jungle. Yeah, it's just a mud jungle. Nothing to see. Yeah, Bill, I, I said vanilla as in just like how the color looks. So we're not getting into the ball python morphs and all that <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> or maybe we are and we don't realize it yet. So I showed Wait, Andrew. That that, um, sorry, sorry, Justin. I showed that picture of the guy at Tinley, and there's this one retic guy that is. Dead set that that male has the markers for a blue-eyed leucistic carpet. Okay. Interesting. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, is there yeah, I don't think so, but yeah, we'll see what. They exist, but none of them no. are alive. No. <laughs> uh, the super jags are leucistics, but they, yeah, they don't make it. Right, but, but are they blue-eyed though? No one knows. I don't think so. They usually don't make it out of the egg. They don't have a fully developed respiratory system. Yet people continue to try and get one that will. I don't think anyone really goes for it anymore. I think they just, if they breed jag to jag, they're kind of understanding that a fourth of the clutch just isn't going to make it, and they don't really care. Sad. Yeah. That's what it is. But I know, uh, Andrew, like we talked about what you kept uh, sort of off and on, but I don't remember exactly what it was. I know you mentioned you had some balls at one point. Yeah, I kept primarily balls and corns. Um, I did a little bit of breeding for a short while, nothing huge, mostly with ball pythons. Um, just a couple of clutches. Uh, I did keep a couple of New World rat snakes, uh, yellow black rats. Um, I had a leucistic Texas rat snake for a while. Beautiful animal, loved it to death. And I was considering getting into old world rats when I had to downsize my collection and eventually just. You know, <laughs> Billy got Billy's attention. Billy loves old world stuff, man. I mean, we all do, but well, Billy's yeah, Billy's actually got them. I have some, but Taiwanese and blue beauties are just oh, love them. Standby. Here, Billy's got some. Billy's got some calicos that are friggin' sweet, man. Nice. Yeah, the only thing that kept me, I had an opportunity to buy a gorgeous male blue beauty, and mm -hmm. uh, he was extremely cage aggressive. Not like feeding aggressive. Just you get near him, he wants to bite. 
just and yeah. I wasn't no. ready for that when I had the opportunity, so I let it go. If I was keeping any of the beauties, it would be it would be blues for sure. It was just yeah, they're gorgeous. Just so cool, yeah. <laughs> Oh, look at that. Wow. Yeah. Gorgeous. Dude, yeah, that was a, it's a Taiwan. Yep. That leopard spots, man. I love it. Yeah. They're awesome. It's like you have multiple snakes in one. You kind of do, yeah. Because you have the, the diamond pattern, then it goes to, you know, the stripe pattern and down to nothing at the tail. You can kind of see it. I might go with the camera. Yeah. Yeah, that transition from the, the body to the tail kind of reminds me of garter snakes in a way. They have yeah, a little bit. Check yeah. pattern and they go straight into a, like a line. Yeah, a lot of the whole world stuff has that. A lot of the beauties and mm -hmm. uh, like my radiated has that and the patias and all that kind of stuff. They're cool snakes. I look at these guys, the, the Taiwans, like, uh, just how thick bodied they are. They remind me of pits. You know, like bull snakes and stuff. So, how strong they feel and everything. Well, the king rats, too. But... I saw one of those at the, at the Columbia show. I was kind of tempted. Should have done it. I think everyone should have beauty. I was on a mission, though, and I failed in that. I heard the Columbia show was pretty disappointing. Very disappointing. I heard that, too. I haven't been in a while myself. It was because of COVID. I think it's because of COVID, but... Um, it was just, like, poor... Like, there weren't many vendors? Not a lot of vendors. Um, that was probably the biggest issue. And then also you had, like, the sign up for a time slot because of COVID. So I don't think a lot of people really wanted to deal with that. Mm -hmm. No, people aren't going to be big on that. And uh, the venomous section was like three tables. Ooh. And then it happened when I wanted so. The only reason people go to that show is for the hot section. So yes. Yeah, that shot him in the foot right there. And you have guys like Wayne Hill who just don't care. Biggest, one of the biggest <laughs> shows in the country is the COVID be damned. Come on, come one, come all. <laughs> <laughs> None of us got COVID though, so we're good. It is very true. There's a good time. Hell of a time. Hell of a time. How was Tampa though? It was how it usually is. I, my big thing with Repticon here is that I'm in the biggest area as far as their most popular shows. So you have Tampa and Orlando. There's four of each every year. Then there's two Kissimmee's, and then there's the Fire Expo in Lakeland. All those shows are within an hour of each other. Wow. So, like, the old school, like, you go to a show, and you go there with a wad of cash in your pocket, and, okay, this is when I got to get there and get to the breeder, and this is when I'm going to get that animal. Nobody has that urgency. So, like, oh, I'll just come back in two months, and hopefully they'll go down in price. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I would imagine they have a hard time keeping attendance up with those that many shows that close together. The same people go. It's you know, it's kind of just a way to go and talk to people. Pretty much, a lot of networking happens. More of a social event. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what Columbia's been for me for the last handful of years. Like, I don't plan on buying anything. I just go there to something to do. You know, it's a nice way to kill yeah. kill an afternoon, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and then I find oh, bears dressed and I end up buying them. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But nothing against the local shows. I mean, they have their place, but, like, me personally, I'm trying to think once all this stuff, like, gets figured out and the virus and all that, I want to try to do the bigger shows, so like Daytona, Tinley, Arlington, you know, stuff like that. Maybe if it could work out, maybe go to Pomona or something like that. You know, like just branch out instead of just doing the same stuff over and over. Yeah. I definitely want to maybe be the, uh, Daytona or something. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll go to Tinley. Tinley's awesome. That's the best show I've ever been to. Phil's still muted, though. Oh, wait, there he is. You with us, Phil? Have you had any action from the perps? No, they're still staring at each other. Um, and I started to cool the room down just because it's that time of year, but... I actually just checked temps tonight. It's uh, I'm assuming it's the same as it was a couple of an hour or two ago. It's 78 degrees here, and it's like 80 percent humidity outside, and it's disgusting. But the room, I've got it down to like 70, so that's good. And uh, they don't have I have it completely turned off. So the goal actually is to separate them, probably Wednesday or Thursday. Give them two days to chill, feed them, make sure they eat, and then a day or two after they eat, put them back together. Mm -hmm. Keep the temps exactly the same. Um, but what I'm actually more excited about is I bought my chiller for the Gila Monsters. Yes. There you go. Yes. So uh, my friend Mike, who has the mail, uh, he's actually, according to him, he's been keeping to my strict, you know, Rob Stone instructions. Um, and so his is on three weeks with no food. Mine's on four weeks with no food. And then he brought his down to 70. Mine's at about 70. And then I'm going to, I should have the chiller this week. It's coming from Amazon, but I know it's got some weight to it. So I'm not expecting it to be, you know, tomorrow or whatever. I ordered it, uh, Saturday and the chiller is supposed to be from 47 degrees to 66 degrees is the is the the range of it and it's supposed to hold i think two four six eight like 12 bottles of wine sideways so i figured that was more than enough room for me to have two good sized sterilites and shove their ass in there probably good <laughs> yeah <clears throat> So, I didn't know uh, Gila's needed to be cooled down that much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the average is 55 degrees for anywhere between 30 and, like, 75 days. Um, some people go to, like, 90 days to make it, like, a real winter season. Um, but according to Rob Stone, my idol, he told me I could get away with three and a half, four weeks. So that's what I'm going to do. He's um, all of our idols. Yeah. Yes. So he basically told me that my recipe that I have mapped out is good to go. 
So hopefully, A, it works, and they decide to copulate, and B, I hope to God that I know how to read an ultrasound and they don't kill each other. So, because the male is way bigger than the female. Way bigger. So, what happens, and uh, I have a pair of welding gloves, just in case i got to break them up. Welding gloves and a, a, a butter knife. And, uh... I know, like we joke about it, but that's 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 the only thing I can do. I don't know what to do. You know, yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably have uh, I'll probably have like uh, 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 isopropyl alcohol in hand, just to kind of like splash a little on them to get them to you know let go kind of thing if I have to. But I yeah. really don't have a I don't have a contingency plan in that regard. I'm hoping that they just you know piss each other off and do it. <laughs> so and. Uh, I guess, uh, I still haven't figured out how I'm going to do the eggs. And I think I don't even want to ponder that or think about it until I see copulation or at least until I see her ovulate good. And then I'll start you know, figuring out how I want to do it because I have one of the Exoterra incubators and I figure by that time, I'll either just spend the money and buy like a real one or I may look at, you know, just doing the styrofoam thing, man, because I just don't, I don't think I trust that Exoterra one. No, I mean, if it works, it works. There's no reason to yeah. be complicated. Yeah, but I don't even want to think about eggs. I want to just, I want to focus on the actual copulation because I don't want to lose a lizard or my friend's lizard, you know? And at the same time, I really need to focus on the tent and stuff. I think that's, that's, yeah. I think that's a big factor because it's just so hot. Yeah. And yeah, bread, Listerine. That's probably that's probably better than uh, isopropyl, to be honest. Good idea. So. Wait, what? What? Listerine for what? Uh, breaking up a Gila monster fight. Oh, yeah. Do they yeah. usually combat during mating, or is it kind of just a contingency type of thing? So I I've seen pictures. I've never seen anything, but I've seen pictures of males combating. Where they do like the hugging it out thing, yeah. you know. Um, but I don't have another male, so yeah. I've also seen it where the female will be defensive and the male will be defensive. So we're gonna put the male in the female's enclosure because the female's enclosure is way larger than the male's. And I'm basically gonna sit there and watch them. And if it takes me hours, it takes me hours. And I gotta get headphones and a Red Bull and just listen to Justin Smith talk for you know eight hours, and so be it. I'll do that. And, uh, and hopefully, I, I don't wish that upon anybody. <laughs> and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it works. I mean, I'm actually, I was actually going to hit up Brad and pick his brain too, because him and I really haven't legit talked about the topic. And I, I managed to talk to Ryan Reed when I was at Justin's wedding, because he's bred him before. Ryan Reed's actually the one who told me about uh, giving them the extra week post food cutoff to get everything out of the drag bag. That way, when they do go into hibernation, they don't have feces or undigested food just like blistering and lingering in there. That so, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it ho hopefully the chiller works. You know, I figure if it does go too low, like 37 is not that bad. And worst case scenario, I just open the door. Yeah. You know? So. Do you know if the Mets can beat lizards are the same kind of process, or is it different, or do you know about that? Uh, it, I'm, from what I gathered, it depends on the subspecies. Uh, okay. They 
are not as cold because they're not straight up desert. They're more yeah. grassland foresty. Um, some of the like Guatemalan stuff's more way more tropical. Uh, they're also way more forgiving in terms of the cooling. So yeah. like as long as you have an actual drop of some kind, they're okay. It could be eight to ten degrees, it could be twenty degrees. As far as the healers, it's gotta be below sixty, otherwise you're not gonna get shit. Yeah. So in South Florida, I mean, dude, it's it's November. It's the middle of November and it's seventy eight here. Like I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I wish I lived by you guys so I could just do a read dead and open a window, you know? Yeah, it's forty degrees out here right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, what, what are you are you in the fifties by you right now? What? Are you in the 60s right now or not? No, we're like 70s, 80s right now. Okay. Same as you. Okay. But we have a cold front coming. Just you or all of us? I think all of Florida because the storms just came through and then there's that one by uh, South America in the Gulf. Well, good shit. I also have uh, I have some bitters that are paired up right now. They're not paired up. They're in the same cage, I should say. So we'll see if that does something. And, uh, and then there was perks, man. Hopefully they do something. I, I, I really think that this year's not gonna happen. I think that the females are too small. And I think that they're still, they've been in captivity almost a year now. And I think they're still stressed out. And they're still on edge. What are they? Is it the rhinos? No, the perks. What bitters are you talking about though? Uh, Gaboons and Puffs. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I had a guy at a Columbia show try to sell me a, uh, um, Puff as a first Venomous. Well, what, how do you feel about that, <laughs> Phil? Um. <laughs> for $70. For $70. <laughs> I would say that's the equivalent of a 15-year-old kid who's about to get his learner's license and the guy at the dealership says, I have a brand new Toyota Supra. Don't worry, it's only 400 bucks. Yeah. That's about the same equipment. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually thought of an idea for cooling my corns and bears. Yeah. Um, I have all the lids lids for my tubs that they're in that they're, of the rack they're in. Right. I think I'm just gonna take them all out of the racks, slap the lids on, and then I'll probably just stack them in the closet with no heat because there's no a like there's no the AC doesn't run to the closet, so it's okay. usually fairly a little warmer than what it is outside. And so I figure I'll just tub them all up. Uh, and then just put them in the closet and keep them in the dark until Valentine's Day. And, you know, it gets cool enough to where it'll make a difference. And I'm not having to... The, like, the room stays warmer. And even I don't think... I want to drop them down a little cooler than I did last year. So... But... That's my plan right now. Hopefully I can find all the lids to all those tubs. But That'll be good. I'm actually... Uh... I have a pair of girl tails at my parents' house that I've, uh, my dad has taken pictures of them locked up, but I've never gotten them out of them. And I think it's, I think originally it was the male was just super horny and the girl wasn't ready. Um, but now I feel that because my parents just keep them at room temp with the heat lamp that 
they're there's there's no drop at night. There's no seasonal drop. So my one breeder male died almost two years ago. I think I'm gonna bring them home probably Thanksgiving. And then I'm literally gonna just throw them in with my female and I'm hoping that the two females, because they're very, very much girls in charge, I'm hoping that the females will fight and the male will be like, whoa, 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 ladies, 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 you don't gotta fight over you. And then I can get two girls. So There's more than enough of me to go around. More than enough of me to go around. Because I've actually been looking for another male and I just can't find them. Nothing's coming out of Africa. Yeah, I think you're the only guy I know that even keeps those. Yeah, in the heyday, Marcus and I had, I think, we had like eight or nine different species, and we probably had about, oof, maybe 20, 25 lizards between the two of us. So, and I know he wound up getting in with a bunch of dudes that are kind of under the radar in terms of lizards. And he got stuff for pretty cheap, like uh, Depressus Warren and I, and Warren I, Warren I, and um, uh, Mozambicas. And I mean, dude, we had like we had like 2.6 Mozambicas, which is crazy. And we paid nothing for them. And Marcus was smart, and he sold them when he could. So like the Depressus Warren and I, I'm pretty sure we had a pair. He had a pair of them, and I think he paid like six hundred bucks for the pair. I think he went up selling them for like fifteen hundred each. So, because we never got into breed, so you know. But now I kind of want them again, and I don't have any money. Such is life. Yep. Bill said, "Is it just dumb luck that terrible things don't happen more often with hots and their availability like that?" No, I think they don't hear about it. Pertaining to Thomas and his yeah, yeah. puff on the Lolo. Yeah, I I think that, I like uh, think people that get, I like to think people that get into them. Most of them are somewhat responsible and don't take stupid risks. I like yeah. to think that. Well, that's the ideal. They're legitimately afraid of the animal, which is a good thing in that regard. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit of a, a dash of fear is doesn't take just if you have a little bit of it, it's good. More than healthy. Yeah. Absolutely more than healthy. But I'm also planning to pair the Jansen I come January. I'm first on the list, right? Yeah. That didn't sound convincing. You are. You are now. <laughs> We talked about this like before you even got this thing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So this picture is a really bad picture. Um, this uh, this male honestly looks just like that. God, they're uh, so angry. He has, he has green on the sides with red with a red dorsal. He's got like pinkish hues in the face. His eyes are red. That's a pretty good indication of his color. The female is actually almost like a dark 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 brown and then see this lighter area in here and like this lighter area in here and here that's almost like a burnt orange like coming through the black and then the, the belly is white i like the belly a lot yeah yeah that was, the, was that the tuxedo one this is one of the tuxedo ones yeah 
How far up does the white go on the mouth there? On which one? This one? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's there. It's the like is that all the way. Yeah. Oh, that's that's nice. It comes all the way around. See, it's like little subtle things like that that I just key in on certain animals, and like that's why I like them. Well, I mean, like I, I keep showing the same here. On, I keep showing the same picture of that that exact girl um, because that it, it just looks so different from when I got her. Um, and uh, where is it? I feel like those are like your friendly neighborhood crackhead of the pit vipers. Most definitely. Like, they just look like they crawled out of the freaking trash can, digging around for extra food, and they're really not happy to see you, and will shank you at any given opportunity. Soon any given back. It's an interesting definition so, of friendly. That's the exact same thing. Believe it or not. Yeah, that's much more bold coloration. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's a freaking rattlesnake, dude. So you can see in here, this coloration in here, this coloration that comes up into here, and like some of this over here, that's almost like a burnt orange now. And then this black coloration is just a dark, dark chocolate brown. But the white's the same. The white of the face is the same. This black in between the scalation is still the same. So. So, Phil. Henry just said firms are a lot more variable than people thought. Oh, yeah, extremely variable. And Henry and I are learning that almost every day with, you know, some of the friends that we talk to that are in Sumatra and Java and the stuff that they show and they post and stuff. It's crazy. It's, it really is. It seems like well, a lot of the stuff from over there is like that. Mm -hmm. Are they finding that there, there are a lot of variation within, a, like, a, a, the same area? Like, the ones that have, like, that really purple with, like, the almost the highlighter green and the white, like, are those more of a coastal variation while the ones like this are going to be, like, more sort of inland? Like, No, so so they're realizing that their, their range is way more east than they ever really thought because there's so many microhabitats and there's thousands of islands out there mm -hmm. they're like oh wow not only do they live on this island they're also bubblegum pink naturally in the wild and it's not a morph it's an actual phenotype you know or uh now one of our friends Dede, he just had uh, a bunch of silvers and it's literally a silver snake with silver eyes but again these are babies born from a female that wasn't necessarily silver so who knows what's going to grow up you know, they, they've become so variable in the year that I've had. So to kind of put it in a sense that I understand it, from what Henry's saying in the comments, they seem to be similar in that respect to Ganyos. Because, like, the different localities of Ganyos have different colors that they'll show. Like, the, the green ones come from here in Indo, or the green and blue ones come from Malaysia. The Java yeah. ones are silver. And then mm -hmm. sprinkled in there will be your orange ones or your red ones or whatever. And you're talking about Ganya Thumbacarnata, right? Uh, no, the red-tailed green rats. The Oxy, oxys. Okay, okay. Because I was going to say, aren't the Ganya Thumbacarnata, don't they have the, the more north you go, the lighter they get kind of thing? Uh, that I don't know. I don't yeah, I don't know. You're talking so, about Patias? Yeah, you talking, I didn't want to call you out, Phil. There's no, no, no guy. Yeah, yeah, excuse me. Huh. Forgive me. 
I'm sorry, man. I didn't want to do that to you. I refuse to have another Jake situation happen, buddy. I had to call it immediately. I still can't live down the first first incident. So that's fine. I still have the picture with the carpet attaching out of the papaya basket. At least mine was an actual genus name, and it wasn't papaya the fruit. So. What I was going to say is, like, this particular animal here, this is usually found in the northern, the northeastern coast of Sumatra, southern Malaysia, southern peninsular Malaysia, and Singapore. Um, they have found melanistic ones up north almost to, like, the Phuket area. But for the most part, this is a, you know, the Straits of Malacca, north Sumatra area. Now, this picture is not mine, but that animal was found on the coast right where the, the Thai Malay Yeah, see I always thought the coastal ones had a lot more a lot more yeah. sort of patterning and contrast than the mm-hmm. than the darker ones. Right, but that makes sense with the foliage in those types of areas. Yeah. yeah. But that black one I just showed you, that is we that was field collected by Henry I's friend in Sumatra. And he specifically said it's from such and such island and when you go on Google Earth, it literally is a barrier island of the northeast coast of Sumatra. So it's like he plucked it out of a mango tree in his boat. So Phil, I don't know if you know or not, but what are the different colors like that you hobby. see in these guys? Or is it kind of like Amazon tree bows where you just it could be anything? So it was believed to be like Amazons where or or, or, or squams, where basically you had a, a blue dad and a red mom and you've got, you know, yellow babies or black babies or Better like you got a, you got a whole litter from a red mom and a yellow mom, and you got every color of the Skittles packet in in the litter. Um, but now they're learning that it can be more selective because now they're learning exactly where parents came from. So they're like, okay, this is a North Sumatran male and a Singapore female, and the babies came out gray. Well, now if I do gray to gray, is it going to be more gray, or am I going to get some attributes of dad and some attributes of mom? So, the guys that are really focusing on Hermaculatus right now are waiting to see what happens. You so know? basically, and the alternatives got their hands on perps. Yeah, and are really sucking all the fun out of them. Except, except these guys are twenty-nine years old in a garage, chain-smoking, listening to Metallica while they have wooden cages with hundreds of tree buggers. It literally sounds just like Amazon tree bows and Pacillanotus and stuff. Like, you honestly don't know... Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get. You can have two gray individuals produce red or orange because somewhere in their ancestry they had those animals in them. Yeah. But then I also think what we're learning too is that I'm learning this on the fly with Henry and our friends in Mindel that I got an animal because I like the way it looked. And now it's changing completely. And I don't think it has to do with UVB. I don't think it has to do with food. I think they naturally have a a a, a lifelong evolution of color. Because like I, I've had, you know, Baby perps that I got, and they were purple. I mean, bright, bright, violet purple. 
and they grew up just the ugly brown. And then I've had other ones that were green, and they shed out, and boom, they're freaking purple. So, do they always change from hashling to adult? Yes, but it wasn't until recently that a I've been more observant of it because I actually really, really care and focusing on it now. But B, the ones I had in the past, I feel like were coming from the same importer and they were coming from the same region. So almost all the babies that we got back in the day, like when I worked with Strictly and stuff, almost all of those were the same coloration as babies, they were the same coloration as they were purple, they were purple bodied with yellow patterning and black spots or purple spots. Yeah. <clears throat> now we're seeing all these different localities because more are being observed and more being shared and now we have social media and that was it. Well, it sounds similar to Facilla Notice because they go through a known three to four different color yeah. changes until they get to their adult colors and then they continue to change even once they hit those colors. It just depends on what end of the spectrum they go to. Are you going to yeah, get any like more of those? Probably. <clears throat> he is. Yeah, yeah, that's a yes. Just say yes. <laughs> and now, we all you know, know it. Yeah. Scott's I'm not proud of it, but yeah. <clears throat> Scott mentioned, you know, the genetic change. And and then he's saying, you know, what is the driver for that? You know, there needs to be a reason to have that shift. And I don't think it's necessarily a baby chondro, you know, averted, a baby chondro evading birds to an adult animal that doesn't care or vice versa. I think it's more along the lines of like the green, um, uh, can't remember the name now, alligator lizard. Abronia. Abronia. Thank you. So I think it's where, you know, we have an animal that is majorly observed in the wild as being lime green. We bring it in captivity, we replicate everything best we can, and now it turns turquoise. So, and the animal's healthy, it just turns blue. So I don't know if that's the case, and maybe I should try this small UVB or whatever. Um, try them. I don't know. But it seems like it is something that it depends on how big they are, what their prey preference is, and what niche of the ecosystem they're going to occupy. Yeah. Well, that's what I would assume is because yeah. like babies, I mean, I'm assuming they're, they're occupying sort of the same habitat from the time they're babies through their adults. Like I don't see them shifting like chondros do like chondros start in one area. And then as they grow, they completely shift, you know, color wise and habitat and habits, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know. They, like I would think that they, they sort of occupy the same area. They seem, life and that doesn't change. They seems really similar to Priscilla notice in that effect. So now this is Shadow, and Shadow was the first one I ever got in this batch. <clears throat> and this is the day I took her home. She was in country uh, for probably, Henry, what would you say, like maybe four or five months? No, not even. She was in country for probably a month, and then I took her home, and she looks exactly the same, and it's been about a year. So again, I don't know if this animal, just because maybe because it's not in the rack, because it's in the exoterra, that it didn't want to turn. Was it a when you got it? Uh, no, I would probably say it was maybe a year old, maybe nine months old. I mean, she could have already went through the changes she was going to. That's true. But and you I never I know do how old things are when they come in. Yeah. I also think that uh, 
her eyes have gotten darker and I know that the, the white patterning on the belly and the face is coming in more, but the dorsal coloration is still the same. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, Henry says that, you know, UVB is a major thing. Indonesia is much closer to the equator. That's why some Javan kings have one color over there. And then when they come here, they look like crap. Could be something for that. Yeah, I guess it could be a combination of UVB stress, individual, just phenotypic yeah. kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we see it in condors every now and then, and you see some that have that just like a very black sort of overall stripe that goes down the body, and everyone thinks it's some sort of mystical, fancy like thing. It's like no, that thing someone just left it on, on under UV too long, and it's just it's freaking burnt. Yeah. And now this female is one of the other. Females that I was, I paired up this year with a, uh, a green male, and she has retained the exact same pattern. The white is exactly the same. However, the black has now turned to a almost like a charcoal color. It's not as rich a black as it was in this photo. But again, that's you look at the black on the tail, and like right where the vent is, it almost looks like there's stuck, stuck skin on there. Um, it's actually not stuck skin. I think it's a piece of aspen. Um, but that, you know, let me try and use the mouse. So like this is the vent, and like this tail, you know, the shininess right here, this tail is completely jet black. Seeing, seeing that makes me wonder if, if that variety is almost like naturally melanistic. Yeah, but it's not because now I'm seeing all these, you know, orange and, and hues come through as they shed and grow. Yeah, I don't know. So who knows? Now, could that, could that black tail be like a caudal lure type thing where it looks like a like a worm in certain? I, I don't know. They really, I've I've never noticed in, in all the years that I've ever kept these things, I've never noticed them more. It's always used as a defense mechanism, and they do the slow motion rattle thing rattle, where it's, yeah. instead of being a buzz, it's like a flop. The flop, flop. yeah. The flop. Um, so I'm wondering if that is a marker, like just so it's more easily visible in the movement of it. I mean, I, I have no idea. So, Phil, is there like locality info on these animals that come in? No, uh, the only reason why you know Henry and I know we know about my animals is because we're friends with the guys that bred them on Instagram. Gotcha. That's the only way, and uh, you know, the, the story goes. Henry was shopping for Mango, and he found Mango's breeder, and then Mango's breeder said, oh, yeah, you might want to talk to this other guy, too, and we found out that he bred perps, as well as a bunch of, you know, uh, trouble lameness and stuff like that. So when I reached out to him, you know, he proposed what he had, off, what he had available, and he told me, he's like, no, I didn't breed the blacks. The blacks are wild caught, but I produced all the colors. Or my friend who like lives across the canal kind of thing, he produced all the colors too. So I know that my, my two males are captive bred, and I know that the blacks that I have are all, I would consider them long-term, but I don't know. It's I've had them a year, and I know he had them for probably at least a year, if not a it almost sounds like you could really go down the rabbit hole with localities, and there's probably tons of localities and different looks and stuff that you could focus on if you wanted to, and then variability within the localities and everything. The, um, 
the thing that we're noticing now is, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all the social media, guys are sharing what they got. And we've never seen stuff like this before. And it's hard because of translation and whatever else, but it almost feels like they've never seen it either. You know, and now we have things like iNaturalist. And iNaturalist yeah. is a ton of Tremersterous on iNaturalist. And it's mostly like people walking their dog or like going for a job <clears throat> and see a snake. But it's helping guys like Henry and I look at, <coughs> excuse me, look at the locality phenotypes and we can kind of get an idea of what's what. But that doesn't mean I can't go to, you know, almost everything in downtown Singapore. And yes, downtown Singapore. Almost every permaculized down signal is black or like dark, 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 violet, purple, that it looks almost black. That doesn't mean I can't, you know, take a walk down to the beach and see a red bear. It, it may very well be. But all I mean, I've been doing that, that with the bears. Yeah. Like I started a, a Google Drive folder and like a folder for each locality and I'll just go on iNaturalist periodically and flip through it and add stuff to that folder so I can go and look and see what sort of the, the – what the like the trademark of that locality is you know be it the amount of silver the amount of orange whatever yeah. uh but i mean i naturalist did like after i never even paid attention to it until we've started talking about it and stuff and it's it's actually really fun to go on there and see what people are finding you know whether they're looking for it or not like the stuff that people post on there it's just it's really yeah. interesting yep and <laughs> go back to like we were talking about you know puff adders of course venomous you know scott just texted me he put up a good point. You know, I made the, the, the joke about oh, having a little fear is a little healthy. Like, it's not fear. Fear fear is bad. You know, you should never have an animal that you're legitimately afraid of. It's respect. And you respect the animal and what it's capable of doing. And therefore, it keeps you on your toes or keeps your head level and, you know, gives you a clear mind as to what you're doing and how you're working with it. So, yep. and that's why Scott took up a man. Gentlemen, I hate to interrupt, but unfortunately, my iPad is telling me I've got to go. So, all right, man, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, How pleasure having you. Yeah, nice meeting you, man. You, man. When you're at Boda, give me a shout. Absolutely, anytime you'd like. I'm happy to come back and chat with you guys. Cool. Oh yeah. Right on. All right, you guys have a good night. Take it easy. Good night, you too. You too. You know, Scott just said again that iNaturalist is full of errors, though. And uh, I've noticed that it's full of errors in the fact that people put stuff where they want to put it. And, like, I've seen some stuff where I know for a fact they didn't find that animal where they said they did. And I look on the map and I realize that they did it from their couch. And it's like, that, that, that doesn't work like that. Like, yes, you saw that animal in the wild, but you got to remember where you are, or you got to just do it on the fly if you got cell service, you know? And then I've also noticed that I didn't I didn't realize it. I found out the hard way. A naturalist has a setting where I guess it's a proximity thing. So if you don't want to say exactly right. you found yeah. it, you can give, give like, like a radius. Yeah, which I know a lot of herpers do because they don't want people knowing their exact spots. Yeah. And at the same time, I know a lot of herpers that are – they don't post anything, but they use iNaturalist to see where they go. So that's a big concern that I would have, especially with kind of more um, species that are hard to find. Is I, I wouldn't even post anything. I, I just I'm always nervous about people going there and 
killing my spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poaching animals or whatever it happens to be. And that's why I don't bring people to my spots if I know they're, you know, the bad kind of herper. You know, because I had some spots that were, you know, I had a rough green spot. And I told this one kid about it. I said, hey, man, please don't come here without me. Because, like, I know it's public property. You can do whatever you want. But, like, you know, don't be bringing people here. Well, one day I go out there by myself. He's in the hall with two other herbers. And I'm like, yep, you just lost all trust. And I'm never taking you anywhere ever again. Just and like yeah, fishing. Just like fishing. And, and Scott put up a great point, too. I naturally have horrible taxonomy. To the point where now you have these couch commandos, the keyboard warriors, whatever you want to call them, who they verify because you know I actually have to you know uh, make sure it's research grade, right? And I'm looking at it, I'm like that is not what that is, but because it's research grade, oh no, it's perfect. That's all opinion. It's yeah. just fun. It is. It is fun. I do love it. I mean, it's cool to know localities and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, we're keeping, most of us are keeping exotic stuff in boxes halfway across the world, you know? Yeah. Just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Don't be a fun sponge. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see folks in the wild, though, man. How cool would that be? Just in, like, a, a wooden canoe, just, like, drifting slowly through the mangrove estuaries, like... That'd be awesome. They're just you know, an arboreal cottonmouth, dude. You shut your mouth, my boy. You know, I'm gonna go all the way across the world to see a damn cottonmouth. To see a ugly carpet in the wild. It's an ugly, nasty, dark brown, dark tan. Like nobody would want it. That'd be the coolest thing in the world. 100. percent Yeah. Yeah. Actually, do I? I think I still have that. The, the cotton mouth of Southeast Asia where there's a beer can in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Nature's beautiful. It's right. like a natty natty light can in the middle of freaking Singapore. Yeah. I'm a, sure totally an empty like skull can right next to it too. It's like you can take the, the redneck out of the cotton mouth. Or you can you can take the cotton the cotton mouth from the rednecks, but you can't take the redneck out of the cotton mouth. <laughs> Even if it's an agent. at least a natty daddy. Let me see if I can find it. Hang on. It was a while ago. Crap it. <laughs> Bill said left to right, top then bottom, the beard is fading to baby face. <laughs> Screw you, it's Bill. It's like the Animorphs book cover. <laughs> Great. That's great. I have to be clean shaven, Bill. You can at least have a stash, though. You can have the Selic going on. Oh, here, yeah, I got it. This is not the picture I was looking for. This is a I great could, picture. But I can't. This is a great picture of what, they're, what that one's turning into. Ooh, okay. It's turning into the vine. It's, yeah, and like I want to say, it, it's, it's like, like a chameleon. It, it's got that 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 yellowy orange coming through, and you can barely see the spots. Yeah. If somebody tells me my snakes are ugly, I'm gonna be very upset. 
I mean, don't do it. It's not don't pretty. Don't you fucking do it, Smitty. Good for you, Bill. I got another 23 years. As he takes a drink. I'm like, fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Tom's over there still drinking his little shots of gin. Hey, I'm sipping it. I'm not just taking shots over here. <laughs> I could be, but I'm not. It'd be a lot cooler if you were. be a lot cooler if you did. Where's this picture, Phil? I guess it was a lot farther back than I remember. Because, like, I, I always reference it because of that fucking beer can. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I actually got it off, I'm actually I'm pretty sure. Bill's out there catching the Malkadas. Somebody's got to do it. There is actually a really cool series on Netflix that's, like, terrorism close calls, and it talks about, like, thwarted terror attempts and stuff in the past in the, in, in the U.S., and I think actually the U.K. too, but really cool. For anybody who wants something to watch. Yeah, that's sounds interesting. Stuff. Oh, I found Billy, it. I thought Billy was older than me by a very large margin when I first met him, and then I come to find out I'm actually older than him. <laughs> yeah, I'm a baby. I was like, man, Billy's got to be like 35. He's like, nah, man. You're that's 28 right. or 29 right now. I had, a, I had a guy at yeah. work, a customer, gave me the worst <laughs> info ever. He's like, hey, man, so, so you're married, right? And I was like, no. He goes, but you got a girlfriend, right? And I was like, no, man. He goes, well, I mean, how old are you? You're so young. What are you, like 45, 46? And I was like, no, man, I'm 34. He's like, oh, <laughs> you got to get on that, man. And I walked away. <laughs> it's like forgetting Sarah Marshall when he's trying to get a table. He's like... <laughs> Is your wife joining you? No, it's just me. He's like, yeah. a friend? No. You want a book or something? It's going to be kind of lonely. Like, She's going to be sitting there by yourself. Yeah, before I put so, weight on, everyone thought I was in high school. Oh, really? Like 20. Yeah, it was, it was bad. If I shaved, I'd look like I was 15. The beard saves me. I'd look like Peter Griffin. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see this. So, look at the can back year, there. So this year is, I'm pretty sure, Singapore. And if you look at the animal itself, there's barely any markings at all. But it's hard to tell because this light here, that's obviously sunlight casting on. So I don't know if the animal's black or if it's just a dark, dark brown. But I also feel like it has a lot of this mud and silt stuck on it. Um, but it yeah, is we've cool. all seen Nerodia, okay? It is like the fight for Hey, don't attack my Nerodia, man. It's this white trash as it gets over there. <laughs> I don't even know what it's some some Asian beer. I'm sure there's a used condom in there somewhere too. If you look around hard enough, it's probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not. Whoops! Whoa! Hey, oh. <laughs> 
I'll call I you wait for the I wait for the day that like Phil has done that and it's just nothing but like a folder <laughs> full of titties. Close that one. Close one there. Yeah, that would not have been good if I kept that open. All right. Elton John's the shit, dude. What? I don't even know what's happening. Listening to some Elton. Boring you? While we're having a live show. I always listen to music while we're doing this, dude. I know, but it's it's so uncouth. Now he's dancing. Wonderful. I need more Ganyasoma, but I don't have space. I need a lot more things, but I don't have space. Speaking of Nerodia, Thomas, how are your Nerodia? Well, I uh, I was keeping them together in a little six court, but uh, I had an issue of one gotten noticeably bigger as stuff happens when you're keeping stuff together, mm-hmm. and uh, so I separated them and fed them last night. Everyone ate good, and I'm hoping to try. I should have done that to begin with, but I don't know. I, Well, we lost him. He'll be back. I, I'm tempted to, to get a lot of them. But I, I love Nerodia. And and what are you feeding him right now? I feed him uh, paints cut in half. They okay. won't feed off of a tong. I gotta leave. I gotta leave it in the enclosure, and I, I come back and it's gone. And these are frozen dogs. Yes. Okay. I didn't have to scent them or anything. Uh, so I got lucky there. Are they eating them, you know, wound first or like head first? I'm not around to see it. They won't eat in front of me. That's fine. Long very Dude, yeah. that's how the, that subhawk is. Like if I'm in the room, he ain't going to eat. But if I walk out, those mice are gone and like they just disappear. They evaporate. That's how my I, bears are. They won't I eat can, in front of me. Yeah, dude. The, the Like young bears I've found – are very very like shy eaters. Yeah, they're getting better now. They're getting yeah. better every. It feed gets better out, as they but, get older. But yeah, I just actually got all the young ones I have right now on frozen thawed because before I would like it would be like fifty fifty like half of them would eat frozen thawed and half of them wouldn't so I ended up just feeding them all live for the last like probably month or two. Yeah, but I just did frozen thawed last feeding and they all took so. Yeah. And then I don't feel like such a giant piece of shit when I have to feed them. My olive python will only eat Dale quail for me so far. Your olive python? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> um, kind of what I was hitting at. Fucked up, man. Oh, speaking of messed up, I feel so bad. Dude. Okay. So what was it? Saturday? Saturday? Sunday morning. Yesterday morning. I went to go check on mice real quick. I usually clean on Sundays, but we had stuff going on, so I I just did it today. But I went to go top off everything, like water and food, just for a day, you know, until I could get over there this morning like I did. And uh, went to go open the barn doors, and it, like, stopped on something. And so I pulled it back, and I went again, and it still stopped. I'm like, what the hell? 
like it it never gets blocked up and so i look up and there was like a yearling yellow rat that had somehow found itself hanging out in the little track where the wheel to the barn door slides and i freaking like she just crushed him man i felt Uh, didn't you send us a video of that I didn't send you a video of the actual snake, but yes. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. Dude, I, I felt so freaking bad. Phil, do you have a picture of your yellow rat? Um, not a recent one. I mean, I could take him out, but that would be a fiasco. No, no reason to do that. You mean your yellow rat? I mean, I was trying to be sly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah your yellow rat. Yeah, no, he's, he's when I come visit you, he's coming with me. The uh, good buddy you are. He's like a champ, bro. and he's so mad at the world. And, like I open the pub, and I'm like, "Hey, little guy, what's going on?" And, like I give him his, I literally take my fingers and give him a rat pink, and I put the live rat pink in there, and he just looks at me like, "Really, <laughs> really?" And then I close the tub, and you just hear the, the cries for help, and I. It's, it's horrible, but it's also great. They actually they had a lot of baby yellow rats at the Tampa show. Uh, from Charlotte County. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. see. Phil, I'm gonna send you another picture to, to post up. Alright, you want me to get that thing and get bit and pissed on? No, 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 you don't have to do that. Alright, good, because I kinda don't want to. Kind of been drinking. Uh, no, but I know you guys have already seen it, but have you posted again? Probably one of the cooler things I saw at the show. Just gotta find it. Smitty will like it. Condros! No. You'll, you'll see. We've already, You've already seen it. We've already established this. There's only one true Condro, and it is Chondrodactylus. Look, you're making Thomas drink. It's finally as long as it's gin. Oh, yeah. Look at this bitch. So, besides the stuff that I like, this is probably one of the coolest things I saw at the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, now boy. We're talking. Oh. Yeah. Sir. So, yeah. I didn't, like, talk to the people because it was, like, a flipper table. Nothing wrong with that. There was just, they're usually not interested in talking to people. Was it a male or a female? I'm going to assume a male. Probably. If there was a female at that show, because there was another table with some babies, I would have just got it and then... I'm over your head. You're a real bitch. <laughs> I would have given it to you. Jeez. I have like that pair of Christmas Mountain Alterna, and I am waiting for the day that I see either a nice female or a pair, a young like ba- like hatchling pair of subox so that I can message first and be like, look, I will trade you straight up these Christmas Mountain Alterna, which are like gold in the Alterna world, because I need another subox. Or a pair. So, they're saying this is an orange phase. Do you know anything about that? Or is it just a nice, normal? 
I've seen people ask for the orange phases in like the the subot group, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's there's one locality in particular. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, when, when's Chris when you need him? Yeah, right. There's one locality that looks very similar to that that everybody wants and nobody has. I just can't remember which one. It's a rose something. I'm drawing a blank. So I'm gonna be honest. This picture actually makes this animal look like garbage. Like it was super bright. Yeah, they're freaking, they're freaking cool snakes, man. I'm hooked. Yeah, I, I want a pair. I I was so close to buying that one in Daytona, but it was just a little, little bit too pricey for me. I I jumped on it, man. I was like, those were the only ones at the show, so I, yep. I had to. Oh goodness. Yeah, it's getting yellower. And like, so Billy can yeah, read it with a beauty. <laughs> dude, if you bred that with a Taiwan, dude, how crazy would that be? Why? Why am I getting uh, as the guy that just does whatever? <laughs> Wild Wild Rose Pass is the the subox that I'm thinking of. Because here's uh. Whenever Phil's done, I'll share my screen on this one that's on Morph Market right now. And granted, I did I one hybrid pairing it's, two years I don't know ago. How, I don't know how accurate this locality is because this could very easily be someone saying, "Hey, everyone wants Wild Rose Pass. Let me let me put throw one up." But that is pretty orange. Yeah. yeah, I like the diamonds on his back. They're so. It cool, has that dude. same orange as the uh, long nose snakes down there. Yeah. Scaleless, yuck. Eh. Grouch. I've been wanting to get into the uh, Japanese rats a little bit. Oh yeah, dude. Yes. Billy had some. I regret getting rid of them. I'm gonna get more. So Scott just sent me a couple pictures, and I believe this is Hophophophos. Scott will, of course, yell at me and call me a dirty Yankee for not knowing. I believe that, that is, too. Awesome, man. Wow. Yeah. Dude, and, like, the leaf litter and the fading of it, the tipping of it, awesome. Phil, what's the sex on the yellow? Uh, I don't know. I never, I never checked. It, it was, it was small when I got it, and I don't, I don't want to like, you know, force it. So, I'll check uh, in the next couple of days. I gotta feed him. I'll, I'll check. Okay. I've just always liked yellows, Bill. Yeah, I actually caught that thing in hopes that it would be a Everglades, and it's definitely not. So the hunt continues. Melanota. <laughs> Don't give me more projects, Bill. Man. I like how it's so become well known that striping is like the main thing I look for in it any is. project. It is. 
don't know how that happened. Because people see everything you have, and it's all freaking stripe. Yep. Not everything. The man knows who he likes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially yellow rats, right? Basically striped rat snake. And dude, I'm, I'm really hoping that there's no stripes on it. Like, not to burst your stripe bubble, but the way that that animal looks, I feel like it's going to just be yellow. That would be awesome. How's the sound yeah. on? Uh, alive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Phil's trying to get Still me on one of his waiting lists. Huh? I'm looking at the comments. I just think it's also amazing how, like, when I, when I visited Billy, we were talking about the yellow rats. The yellow rats from, like, Billy South to me are just yellow. Very little paddle man. Very little striking. And then the more because they're not yellow rats, they're Everglades, damn it. They're not. They're yellow rats. And then you go up north, and it's they're just like, it's like a bumblebee, you know, with a black stripe. Yeah. Ross Allen I. I I'm, a, I'm a Ross Allen I guy. I won't lie. With the, remember when Chris was on and he gave the rundown of all the snakes and all the, all the East Coast rat snakes and stuff? I didn't realize what was what. And although his descriptions were spot on, it was because of that conversation that made me dig deeper. And yeah, I'm a firm believer in the old tax. I really am. I just don't I just don't see the new tax. I just don't see it. Damn hosers of the world can do whatever they want. Yeah. It's anarchy. It is. So I got a uh, iNaturalist account. Yeah. You guys. I put in Spilotes, and the first one is a dark red sulfurous. Really? Dude, there's all you see all kinds of cool stuff on there, like those those beards yeah. that are just straight silver with zero yeah. other color on them, like. Of course, that's the the one on the whole list of beards on there that they like gave literally no information. They're like, "Yep, it's Texas." It's like, God, those things are yeah. so cool, dude. My favorite thing to look up on iNaturalist is the uh, the timbers and the cane breaks, the variation oh, yeah. between localities. Like that, just stuff just gets me going. I think it's funny when you type in a species that you're looking for in the wild, and it shows up like in an urban area. So you click the little flag. And it's in a pet shop. <laughs> Somebody took a picture of it in the pet shop and posted it on Actress. Like, really? Come on. Phil, I'm going to send you a picture of this uh, Nerodia with its head cocked up like a, a cotton. Dude, I got to see it. Let's see it. I love the mimicry. I mean, the question is are cottons mimicking Nerodia or Nerodia mimicking cottons? Yes. You yes. would think the, the Nerodia is mimicking, mimicking the cottons, but, I mean, who knows? I don't know what uh, what came first. I do the same thing with corn snakes, though, like seeing the different variations between different areas and stuff. 
I don't know. It's just like it's, it's, one those, it's one of those websites where if you have nothing to do and you want to kill some time, it's oh yeah, like it's fun. And it's, it's just so enjoyable. More, it's so much more expansive on the actual computer than your phone. Like I, yeah. feel like I didn't know that. And one day I was like, you know, let me log on to the computer and see. And it's just so much better on a PC or on a Mac or whatever. Mm-hmm. And dude, that thing is so adorable. Look how tiny. Yes, it is. I love that. And they're so spunky. They they don't like. They run if they uh, see the opportunity, but they will hold their ground, which I love that. I've been I've been tempted to try them out, but get a pair, man. I think you, you might like them more than you think. And the fact that you got them in the rodents is phenomenal. And, and they just fed on rodents. I didn't have to do anything with fish or scenting or anything. And I think they're F ones, maybe F twos. I got a. Let's check back on my combo with Chris. But yeah, dude, I mean, that, that, that tail. I love that paddle tail, you know? And it's really tough to get, like, the the real coloration, the sides in, in a picture. Like, it just – that picture is bad in general, but it just, it, it's hard to get it do it justice. Yeah, I mean, you can see all the coloration of the side, yeah. right on the face. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. It's a pretty animal. Yeah, dude, I can't wait for that thing to be four foot. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, me too. I'm just gonna have a collection of cottons and fucking water snakes. It's fine, man. Dude, you should. If they're the same size, how cool would it be having the same tank? That's what I was thinking. Like water lilies and some, you know, yeah. all tree lamb and stuff. Yeah. If I'm able, ever able to, back with the yard and stuff, I want to have outdoor enclosures and and have that set up where I have a group of of cottons and nerodia, maybe a turtle too. Just kind of have a, a a thing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Southeast U.S. Cypress bog. Yes. Awesome. There's some carnivorous plants in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Justin, did you buy those uh, Bairds that Cream City Serpents put up for sale? No, I've, I've he's who I got my uh, my male cyania from, though. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I've talked to him a good bit about Bairds and stuff. Um. But no, I'm <coughs> pretty tapped out on Bairds right now. I just I don't really yeah. need any more. Hogwash. That doesn't mean you won't get any more. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean I won't get any more, because, I mean, ideally, I'll just start making my own. But this Loma Alta should be, yeah, this Loma Alta should be ready to go next year. Dude, imagine so, if you have one of those racks just full of Loma Alta. <laughs> They're full. I, I tried to get more from uh, from Dan Parker, but he's like, the there's a waiting list. And I was like, never mind. Those, those snakes are cool, man. You opened my eyes when I saw those in person. Just as hatchlings. Dude, they're so cool, man. They're so cool. Yeah, I, I have Justin to thank for my, my love of bears. I, I never even thought of keeping them until uh, we started talking about them. Dude, you know what I've actually been looking for? They're awesome things. I haven't been looking that hard, but when Nipper brought up that he loves liar snakes, 
it, it, I remember seeing them years ago, and it was nobody ever sells them or keeps them, but it's literally North American boy band. And I really want that. I, I think yeah. I want that. I think it'd be cool to have just a pair and just... I feel like North American Telescopus is probably a better... Yes, yeah, I'll go that route. Yeah, North American Telescopus. That's good. Yeah. And, dude, that's another one, man. I really want something on your Dude, Telescopus is awesome, man. They're so cool. I mean, I got it's not... You don't see that many here in the states. It's because Tanzania shut down, Mozambique shut down. Don't get any outside of Africa, you know. It's tough. Just be ready for them. Yeah, the minute somebody has telescopus and it's not like an arm and a leg, uh, semi-annulatus specifically, I'm gonna grab it. <laughs> See, now y'all got me going down the iNaturals rabbit hole looking at Subox and stuff. Yeah, I was looking at Spilotes and I was like, I'll be here all night. So I stopped. <laughs> I, I really need Chris to produce some. Because I need, I need more. Sure, you know. That's, that's the... Yeah. Uh, only venomous snake on Crete, and uh, I went looking for them, of course. I didn't find them, but they're pretty animals. Who's the Amadites? Oh, really? So, yeah. No, no, this is that's still uh, oh, that's Scott, it's still yeah. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Those remind me of those uh. What was it the dude at Glen Reptiles had those some really? Let me find it. The Egyptian DM? DM rats? I, nah, I don't think so. Similar to that. <laughs> the uh, black-headed spotted whip snake. Let me see. I got it right here. Wow! Look at that thing. Oh, That's awesome. freaking sweet, man. Where's that from? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, what do you say? The Kazilkum Desert, South Kazakhstan. Oh yeah, I thought... get the country. I don't know. He takes the best pictures too. I thought he posted more pictures of him not that long ago, but. <laughs> Tanzania. Alright, so, uh, Ooh, at the Tampa that. show, I saw a uh, Annery Palmetto Corn Ashling. Ooh, what was that like? And those things have the coolest eyes I've ever seen on a corn. It's a suboc. They're just like, they're just like gray and blue. And it was cool. 
I was looking for a book on like the snakes of uh, the Caucasus in Central Asia. There's nothing. I'm not sure if it, I'm just missing something, but I would love to learn more about that region because it's it's so unknown in Western circles, I guess. Yeah, you got to get um. Obviously, it's venomous only, but um, Terra Log produced a venomous snakes of Eurasia. Yeah, that basically goes from Germany or let me phrase that. It goes from the Atlantic with by Paraburus in uh, England and Scandinavia, and it goes all the way east into like Azerbaijan and Georgia and stuff like that. And uh, that book is awesome in terms of venomous stuff. But again. It's solely referenced, and there really isn't anything about the animals other than yeah. the, the little, you know, uh, the key that tells you, okay, it's a lizard eater, okay, it lives in an arid environment, you know. There's no actual knowledge to be read. I bet you there's some stuff, but it's in Russian. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Have you gone under Chimera Publications and seen if there is, like, a Caucasus book? Um, No. Okay, now we're not going to do anything that better. Because now I want one too. It's you try to look out papers too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to find any herpetologists in like Azerbaijan, Armenia, that, that kind of area, and see if I can get a contact over there and kind of use that to get myself into that. I was saying, I'll bet realm. you Nipper knows knows the right people, man. Yeah. I would also say that you should probably stay away from Azerbaijan for a few months. Oh, I know what's going on there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's, Thomas has been paying very close attention. Yeah. Thomas, are you Armenian or Azerbaijani? No, I'm of Greek heritage. Oh. Yes. Hey. That's why he has that nice sun-kissed bronze sheen. Yep. <laughs> As he's hungered down, freezing his ass off on the port. Yep. <laughs> Billy, has that t-shirt holding on? Which one? The one you're wearing. Great. Good. Good. Why, does it look like it's not? No, I was saying that because they're cold and we're in the 70s. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were taking a dig at me. No. But, but, I'm sharing this whether Billy likes it or not. Billy is a very busy little beaver. Oh, jeez. Is it that picture from last night? No. <laughs> what picture from last night? Nothing. Never There's mind. no picture from last night. <laughs> I, haven't been, I haven't been in the group chat in, like, days. Freaking Anita just grabbed my phone and I wasn't paying attention to her. Oh, that picture. That's going up. That's going up. Come on. I couldn't even want to save that. Hey. There they are. Looking yeah, I need good. you to send me one of those because I got some folks who want some here that are in the got group. Got them ready. There's white hey. and black. Oh, yeah. You gotta see what's the minimum order for get real cigar bands and D bands and stuff and just put snakes and stogies on it. Take all the Liga labels off and just yeah. slap. Yeah. <laughs> our own our private label. Yeah. That'd be cool. 
I wouldn't smoke it. That'd be cool. We wouldn't do it on a Liga. I would get our own, our own stick. Yeah, buy our own tobacco, roll it. Dude, yeah, I was gonna say cigar rolling is a freaking art, man. I've been wanting to get into it. It's got a, it's got a Deboy on the cover there, Bill. I just sent it to Phil. Texture. Speaking of Deboya, what up with the article? Article? What's that? Killing me, Wolf. Bro, I've literally done nothing but work. I don't care. Sleep. Where did you send this? Where did you send this picture? To your phone. Okay. I think. Whoa! Yeah, where is no. this book? How do I get this book? Snakes of Pakistan. Snakes of Pakistan. It's all government officials. That looks so good. Oh, I'd buy that. <laughs> yep, and New York Minute. From Rafa Cat Masrur. He just pissed awesome. off the one Pakistani who watches this. <laughs> I'm entirely too monochromatic to be able to pronounce that correctly. Yeah, I can't either. It's all good. Rafakat Mansoul. He said he picked it up at Tinley. Damn it. I can't go to Tinley because I don't can't have eBay. You'll come with me when I offend it. I'll come with you. We'll see. <laughs> oh, okay. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> Are you planning on getting Billy's tired? Billy's tired of me enough as it is. I think he's probably like, I'm not getting stuck in a car with you for freaking 13 hours. I wouldn't care because I'd already be in it for like eight hours before I met up with him. Oh, yeah, we're not going to get Dustin. That's way up the beaten path. Yeah, it would be. It's not that far. It's that far. I just did. I'm right here. We can run. It is for you. Highway exit or something. Dude, it it was literally five hours. It was five hours from Billy to you. Yeah. And it's only like six and a half, seven hours from me to you. So then what's the problem? The problem is, is that if I go up and meet Billy in Tampa and then we go straight up to Tinley, I don't have to drive five hours to get your ass. When you, you go to Billy's, when you what? go to Billy's, I'm coming down there. How about that? We can go to Chili's. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If you make the drive to come down so we don't have to go out of the way, I will get you all the honey chipotle crispers you could ever want. I will second that. I won't eat for like a week. You'll be be ready. And some street corn. And that ranch they make. Oh yeah, you'll have it all. I mean, when he comes to like give you, when you guys to swap snakes. Is Phil like staying there the weekend? Yeah, I'm probably gonna. uh, I think Casey's coming down too, and I don't know what. Casey and Billy are doing, but I would probably attempt to leave work early on a Saturday evening and then spend the night at Billy's and then probably have to go home Sunday evening. 
just because I I can't get off of work. Because I get a three day uh, weekend once a month now, so. You get what? I get a three day weekend once a month now. Oh, nice. Your agent negotiated that in your contract. Yep. Good for you. Yeah, man, it's awesome. So to answer your question, Phil, if I have a good breeding season and they actually have the show, yeah, I do plan on trying to defend Tenley. Sweet. Very sweet. With you there. All right. Well, I'll make it happen. All right. Cool. I'll make it happen. I'll just go fuck myself. You can come. You're going to be there too, jeez. You got to take me with you, though. You got to come get me. No. You're, you already said you're coming to Tampa. Yeah. Justin, you can meet me in Greenville when we can go up there. There you go. Even better. I smoke in my car, so. I do too. We, we, hey! <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be down with that. Well, that's why I'm driving. I would have to be down with that. <laughs> I smoke cigars in the car. I don't smoke cigarettes at all, so. Yeah, me either. Have fun your, with your secondhand smoke can't black lung there, huh? <laughs> Super cancer. Y'all have been in my car. It does not smell like cigarettes at all. It I actually know. doesn't. I was very, it I was very impressed. Very attentive to that. So, the Subaru. Subaru. So then it's settled. You know, uh, I'll drive Billy up north. Anita can follow us in the uh, truck with all the gear and the snakes. Yeah, she probably won't come. <laughs> and then uh, Justin will link up with Thomas, and then we'll meet all of you. All right. We have to get a cardboard cutout of Jake's head and put it on a popsicle stick and just bring it with us. Because, I mean, we can all assume Jake's just not going to be able to make it, right? Yeah. yeah. Is it fair to say that? It's fair. Yeah. Rip. Because okay. he won't hear this anyway because he doesn't keep up with our shenanigans. Wait right. a minute. Is Tim in Cook County? No, Tinley's in Chicago. Yeah, but is it really Chicago, or like, is it Cook County proper? Why? Because then I won't be able to bring it done. Oh. That makes me sad. I'll be surprised if it's... aren't illegal. Honestly. Wait, what did Justin say? I said bulletproof vests aren't illegal. That's true. That's true. All right, gentlemen, I have to wake up early and go to work on nonsense. So, I'm going to work tomorrow, too. I got to work, too. Same. At 10. Wait, you don't have to go in until later, too. Who, me? Yeah. No, I got to go in. I got a ton of shit I got to do. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. I have, like, 200 rifles showing up before... 10 a.m. Send me one. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on. It can be. He said, oh, Bill said it's South Cook County. Don't worry about the guns. Nice. Excellent. I wonder if there's reciprocity for South Carolina and Illinois. No, because Illinois (laughs) That's that's what I thought, but. (laughs) Yeah. All right, boys. Thank you for a lovely evening. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you to our sponsors, Puget Sound Pythons. 
And Herpeticulture Magazine. Herpeticulture best, Magazine. The best damn sponsors ever. Hey. Magazines. Yeah. It's always a pleasure, guys. Yep. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for joining. For joining. We love you. Anytime. Love you. Just See y'all fools later. See Goodbye. ya.